I'm Megan Cornier, and this is the Women Who Know podcast. You're listening to Episode 10, Happiness and Humility in the Era of Self. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cornier, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is all about uplifting women and mothers by sharing messages of faith, love, hope, and some random things in between. Women who know who they are and what their purpose is as daughters of Heavenly Parents are women who change the world for the better. Join me for a few minutes of peace in the chaos of life as we learn together how to become women who know. Hello, happy Wednesday. How have your past two weeks been? I hope they've been awesome. This episode is going to air the day before Thanksgiving, so I hope you all have a lovely Thanksgiving. I'm already salivating at the thought and smell of delicious turkey and pie and potatoes. I'm a huge potato fan, and I am definitely ready for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, Today, I want to talk to you guys about something that I am currently trying to implement more in my life, and that is trying to be happy and humble in a time where happiness and humility, humility, sorry, I'm having a hard time talking, Humility seemed very fleeting. Everyone is chasing happiness. Maybe not so much humility, (laughs) but definitely happiness. And yet depression and anxiety among adults and children alike are extremely high. So why is this? What is going wrong? I have some thoughts about this, and that's what I want to share with you all today. We live in a time where there's a huge push for self-care and self-love. The goal of both being happiness. I love both of these terms and I'm working on finding the balance for them myself, but I've found that these are endeavors that can easily become setbacks. It is absolutely so important to take care of yourself. We've all heard over and over the need to put on your own oxygen mask before you help someone else put theirs on. It's also important to love yourself. The Lord himself commanded us to love thy neighbor as thyself. And it's so important to be able to love ourselves and feel good about ourselves in order to be able to feel the same about other people. However, I feel like there is a line in how far we should go in these endeavors, and it can be really easy to cross. My husband and I have talked a lot about how prevalent self-love and care and um, selfishness a lot are in the world today and how many books on self-improvement there are. So don't get me wrong. I love books about self-improvement. I have a ton of them and they can all be so helpful. Self-love, self-care, all of it. But like I said, there is a line. Because of all this focus on self, my husband and I have started calling this time period the era of self, which is why I called this podcast episode happiness and humility in the era of self. (laughs) So it's interesting to look at the ideas of self-love and self-care from a gospel and scriptural perspective. I find hints of self-love and self-care in the scripture, but the Lord doesn't say that those are sure ways to happiness or to becoming like him. If you have a scripture that you feel tells us to pursue love, self-love, and care as a way to be happy, I would love to hear it. I am always open to that. So please just like email me or find me on Instagram. 
Um, but what I have found in my scripture study about self is much different than what the world tells us. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, the Savior says, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. To me, this scripture means that if my main priority is on myself and quote-unquote finding myself and focusing so much on my own happiness that I will ironically lose myself and my happiness. But if I focus on living like the Savior and doing what he would do, I will find myself in Christ. C.S. Lewis wrote, The Christian life is simply a process of having your natural self changed into a Christ self. I love that. I think this quote begs the question, which self are we loving and caring for? The natural self or the Christ self? If you have been baptized as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you have made covenants with God. These covenants include taking the name of Jesus Christ upon yourself, keeping the commandments, and serving the Lord. There is a section on the church's website about baptism, and I love what it says. Quote, the commandment to separate yourself from the things of the world does not mean that you should isolate yourself from others. Part of the baptismal covenant is to serve the Lord, and you serve him best when you serve your fellow men. Close quote. Specifically, we are to be willing to bear one another's burdens, willing to mourn with those that mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. In my opinion, these covenants point me outwards rather than inwards on myself. Keeping my covenant is taking care of and loving my Christ self, and in order to keep my covenants, I need to care for and love my fellow men. Elder Garrett W. Gong said, The age-old paradox is still true. In losing our worldly self through covenant belonging, we find and become our best eternal self, free, alive, real, and define our most important relationships. Covenant belonging is to make and keep solemn solemn promises to God and each other through sacred ordinances that invite the power of godliness to be manifest in our lives. When we covenant all we are, we can become more than we are. Close quote. I love how he says this is a paradox. It's ironic, right? That in losing ourself, we find our best eternal self. And we're going to talk about that irony a lot today. So I mentioned that I am trying to implement these principles more in my life. Um, My personality is such that I always feel the need to improve myself. I have struggled to be content with where I am at any point in my life. I I always have to be getting better. I don't really know why. Um, It's sometimes a strength, but it can very easily become a weakness. And the reason I bring that up is because I can spend a lot of time thinking about myself, how I need some me time, how tired I am, or how hard my life is, how much I need to improve, what I need to work on, how much self-care could I use. And when I'm stuck in this pattern, my mental health really plunges and I'm really unhappy. And this is where that becomes a weakness because when I'm in my head a lot and thinking about myself and what I need and want and how I can be happy, 
I'm spending way too much time thinking about myself, and this is not the Lord's way. When I pull myself out of those thought patterns and look at my husband and children and focus on loving and caring for them rather than dwelling in self-pity, I am so much happier and so much more present in my life and my kids' lives. Henry David Thoreau said, Happiness is like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it will elude you. But if you turn your attention to other things, it will come and sit softly on your shoulder. Close quote. How much time are we spending on chasing happiness? On chasing self-love and care and me time in the pursuit of happiness, but it's really just turned into selfishness. Is all of that really creating more happiness in our lives? I'm learning from my own personal experiences that if I go overboard, it most certainly doesn't. I just get too caught up in myself and I end up losing myself like the scriptures warn. So how do self-love and self-care come into play in our happiness? I think, like I mentioned before, it has to be self-love and care for your Christ self rather than your natural self or the natural man. Robbie and I were talking about this the other day, and he said that it's important to take a close look at what you're doing for self-care and self-love. After you do it, do you really feel better, like a lasting happiness and joy inside of you? Or is it just temporary and you find yourself needing more and more and more? One of my favorite ways to decide if something is loving and caring for my Christ self is whether I'm consuming or creating. Usually when I am consuming content, like watching TV or playing video games, I'm kind of mindless while I do it. But when I'm creating something, I feel empowered and intelligent and creative. It really does feed my soul, and I feel like I am taking care of myself. Consuming content certainly has a time and place, but I think it's not always truthful to claim those activities as self-care. The goal of self-care and love is happiness and usually to recharge yourself. So I think it's important that we examine ourselves and say, are the activities that I'm choosing to do while in quote-unquote me time, are they recharging me and filling me with true joy? Another important aspect of true happiness is humility. Elder Uchtdorf once said, pride is the great sin of self-elevation. I think sometimes in our pursuit of self-love and self-care, we can cross the line into self-elevation and pride. Elder James E. Faust gave a talk about self-esteem, which he describes as something different. It is not blind, arrogant, vain self-love, but self-respecting, unconceited, honest self-esteem. It is born of inner peace and strength. Self-esteem goes to the very heart of our personal growth and accomplishment. Self-esteem is the glue that holds together our self-reliance, our self-control, our self-approval or disapproval, excuse me, and keeps all self-defense mechanisms secure. It is a protection against self-deception, self-distrust, self-reproach, and plain old-fashioned selfishness, close quote. He then gives six essentials to keep a healthy esteem, and one of them is to cultivate humility. If we are to have true self-love and self-esteem, we need to be humble. Elder Uchtdorf gives a great description of what humility is. Some suppose that humility is about beating ourselves up. 
Humility does not mean convincing ourselves that we are worthless, meaningless, or of little value. Nor does it mean denying or withholding the talents God has given us. We don't discover humility by thinking less of ourselves. We discover humility by thinking less about ourselves. It comes as we go about our work with an attitude of serving God and our fellow man. Close quote. I love that. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but less about ourselves. It's about the quantity, not the quality. It's about thinking of others, and the irony is that as we love and serve others, we will better love ourselves and become the person God knows we can become, our Christ self. As we spend less time thinking about ourselves, we can develop humility and find true happiness. Elder Uchtdorf continues to say, quote, Humility directs our attention and love toward others and to Heavenly Father's purposes. Pride does the opposite. Pride draws its energy and strength from the deep wells of selfishness. The moment we stop obsessing with ourselves and lose ourselves in service, our pride diminishes and begins to die. There are so many people in need whom we could be thinking about instead of ourselves. There are so many ways we could be serving. We have no time to become absorbed in ourselves. Close quote. Isn't that so powerful? Humility directs us outward. Happiness won't come to us as we focus and obsess on ourselves. It won't come as we obsess over how we can be more happy in life. It will come as we are busy doing the Lord's work, serving his children, and loving. I think that is what it really comes down to. Love. Loving and serving our families and neighbors leads to better loving ourselves, and vice versa. Sister Ruthie Brasher gave a devotional speech at BYU, and she said, Knowing our Father loves us and that He created each of us and endowed us with the capacity to fulfill the purposes of life provides us the basis for understanding our worth. Self-esteem and self-confidence flourish in the bonds of love. Self-esteem and self-confidence flourish in the bonds of love. Saying that made me think of Elsa in Frozen when she says, love will thaw. (laughs) Anyways, we develop self-love or self-esteem. I'm kind of using those terms interchangeably now. As we go about serving others, we stop trying to fill the happiness hole with me time and self-care because let's be real, that happiness doesn't last very long. It doesn't take much time to feel like you need more and more of it. It's kind of consuming. And we can instead fill it with the love of God and love of our fellow men. It is so easy for me to forget that the times that I feel the happiest are the times when I'm not even thinking of myself at all, but when I am serving and helping those around me. I want to reiterate that I am not saying the pursuit of self-love and self-care are evil pursuits. But when we get more concerned with ourselves and only care about ourselves, we are stepping into the realm of self-elevation and pride. When done the right way and in the right amount, self-love and care can absolutely recharge us and be a very good thing. In a different BYU devotional, Sister Julie L. Valentine said, Investing in yourself reflects self-love and self-worth. 
Remember, the second commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself affirms that we are to love ourselves. Be good to yourself by investing in your education, talents, skills, and relationships. Close quote. I love how she says we should invest in ourselves. Our pursuit of self-love and care should be full of activities that will pay off in the long run. Education, talents, skills, and relationships. Self-love does not mean closing ourselves off to everyone else or seeking isolation. It means improving relationships and loving others so that we can better love ourselves. In closing, I want to share two things. The first is a quote from Sister Bonnie L. Oscarson, who I love very much. She said this to the young women of the church, but I think it applies to all of us. Quote, we have noticed that many more of you are struggling with issues of self-worth, anxiety, high levels of stress, and perhaps even depression. Turning your thought out Turning your thoughts outward instead of dwelling on your own problems may not resolve all of these issues, but service can often lighten your burdens and make your challenges seem less hard. One of the best ways to increase feelings of self-worth is to show through our concern and service to others that we have much of worth to contribute. As you fulfill your covenant responsibilities and participate in building the kingdom of God, blessings will flow into your life and you'll discover the deep and lasting joy of discipleship. Close quote. Turn your thoughts outward instead of dwelling on your own problems. Service can lighten burdens and challenges. Service to others increases self-worth. We can feel lasting joy as we serve and love those around us. I love everything she said. Um, Finally, I want to mention the Nephites and Lamanites who came together in 4th Nephi in the Book of Mormon. Quote, and it came to pass that there was no contention in the land because of the love of God which did dwell in the hearts of the people. Surely there could not be a happier people among all the people who had been created by the hand of God. Close quote. Happiness comes as we seek to have the love of God dwell in our hearts. This society of peace and plenty lasted for 200 years, and the first step to its downfall was pride. I know that as we seek to love God and love others, our love for ourselves will also increase, more than it ever would with any other endeavor. As we care for God's children, we are caring for our Christ self our true self, because we are made in his image. And when we care for our true spiritual self, it feels empowering and enlightening enlightening and joyful. It creates lasting, eternal happiness. So while this world is screaming constant selfishness at us, we can hold on to the whisperings of the Holy Ghost and the teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ that lead us to the love of God, which will lead us then to eternal joy and eternal life with God. While the world tells us that having children, getting married, and then caring for our families and our children, our spouse, or anyone besides ourselves, is outdated and overrated and doesn't lead to happiness, we can feel true peace and happiness in sacrificing for those we love and taking care of our Christ self. If you are struggling right now, I know that a way to help is to look outwards. 
Look at those around you. Love them and serve them and focus on them rather than dwelling on your own problems and on thinking that more self-love or more self-care is always the answer because it's not always the answer. We need to love each other and serve each other and be there for each other. And that is how we become like the Savior. That is how we can have the love of God dwell in our hearts and that we can become a happier people, just like the people in 4th Nephi. All right, you guys, that's all I've got for today. So happy Thanksgiving. I love you all, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday. See ya. If you like what you heard today and want to hear more, please follow the show. And if you'd like even more uplifting content, please follow me on Instagram at women.who know. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have the best day ever.